The Chicago White Sox fell completely flat in the first game of a very big week, losing to the Cleveland Guardians 8-4. Lance Lynn didn't give the Sox much of a chance from the get-go. And aside from a Mankata three-run home run, there was little happening from an offensive standpoint. Can the Sox bounce back? Can the White Sox come together, show some life, and fight for their season? They have a doubleheader on Tuesday to prove it. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Lockdown White Socks. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morowski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked on White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's a two for Tuesday with a doubleheader in Cleveland. Where is the life? Where is the spark? Where is the urgency? Uh, But first, are there leadership issues? Is there unrest in the clubhouse? Uh, There are definitely problems. Uh, The Chicago White Sox are 41 and 44. They are five and a half games back in the AL Central. Uh, This, of course, was the start of a very critical week for our Chicago White Sox. Four games in Cleveland, then four games in Minnesota. How would this Sox team uh, start off? You got Lance Lynn on the hill. Um, it didn't go well at all. Uh, I would say the post game on NBC Sports Chicago was the highlight of the entire telecast. Ozzie Guillen telling it like it is, uh, calling people out, you know, speaking his mind as much as he can cleanly on television. That to me was the most exciting. Of course, there were some highlights that we'll talk about, but Sox lost uh, to the Guardians eight to four. And it was a bad start uh, to the week. Uh, Cleveland was two and eight coming into the game. Uh, just like, you know, the White Sox is this, this 2022 season. We will help teams get hot, unfortunately. And I, I hope that's not the case, but I feel like it's happened before uh, throughout this season. Is this the most frustrating White Sox team of all time? Maybe you're having these conversations with, uh, Sox friends and family, co-workers in your life. Um, tough to tell. That's a subjective question. You know, I think age and all, a lot of things come into play. Um, with the expectations, uh, like, like we talk about coming into this season, I would say yes. However, 2006 was extremely uh, frustrating. Obviously, uh, the encore to the World Series uh, and a lot of folks picking uh, the White Sox to go right back to the World Series in 2006. 
Um, and, you know, they didn't even make it to the playoffs. Now, they won 90 games, but, you know, Detroit just got really hot, out of, almost out of nowhere. And that was frustrating uh, to see the Sox almost underperform when they had their entire team come back, aside from uh, Aaron Rowan because of that trade for Jim Tomey. But, you know, that, that's always a good debate, you know, and th- there have been other moments uh, where Sox teams have underperformed. But, boy, I, I what we're in right now, it's tough to describe. And I think we're – unfortunately, I think after this season when we, when we remove ourselves and, you know, it's going to go down in, in the history books is one of the most frustrating roller coaster White Sox seasons. Um Bob Nightingale from the USA Today. Uh, we haven't talked too much on this podcast about it, but it was kind of all over the place uh, on Monday. Uh, he had uh, dropped some articles, some tidbits, and some things going on and uh, mentioned the White Sox. And there was a blurb about uh, lack of leadership and some unrest. And, and here was the blurb from Bob Nightingale. I'm sure you've read it or heard about it. Um, No one has been more disappointing than the Chicago White Sox, who must take a good hard look at what went wrong if they miss the playoffs. Uh, There have been a lot of whispers of unrest, clicks, and the lack of player leadership inside the clubhouse tearing apart this talented team. That again was Bob Nightingale uh, talking about uh, the goings-on, uh, behind the scenes, perhaps. And this uh, Nightingale went further, and here's another uh, clip, uh, or I should say snippet, of, of what he had mentioned. Uh, Chicago White Sox president Ken Williams addressed the players and staff last Friday about their underachieving performance this season, reminding them of their talent, but that it was time to focus and pull together. No one was absolved from staff to players for the team's woes. Uh, sure seems like a parent scolding a child, uh, reminding them that, you know, it's, it's, this is a real disappointment. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed at you. Um, you, should, you should know better. Um, just unbelievable what's happening uh, with, this, uh, with this team. Steve Stone chimed in. He was on the score, 670 on Monday. Here was a, a quote from Stone. I've never seen great chemistry on a last place team, and I've never seen poor chemistry on a first place team. We are engaged in a game where winning trumps everything. And they mentioned a little bit, uh, you know, about that specifically on the post game, Chuck and Ozzy and uh, Scotty Pods. And, you know, maybe there were there were problems happening uh, last year in 2021, but, you know, Sox were winning. You know, they were they were dominating, especially the AL Central. So if there were issues going on, if guys didn't get along with one another, if uh, there were clubhouse problems, we just didn't hear it because they were winning. And, and that's usually the case. And now that they're not and, you know, offensively, they're just not there. Guys are underperforming all over. Um, you know, you're starting to hear about some of these things. I, I don't know. Who knows if this stuff is true or not? Uh, this is what uh, Tony LaRusa had to say on on all of the about all of the unrest in the clubhouse. So this was his quote. You always wonder who the sources are. Not really worth much unless you know that. I think I'm closer to it than to whoever the sources are. Uh, when you have expectations and they're disappointing, there ain't no free lunch. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know what 
that the last half of that quote really meant uh, about not having, I don't know why he had to add in the ain't no free lunch situation and how that applies necessarily, but I kind of get what he's saying. Uh, we'd like to know the sources. Where is this coming from? Are these coming from alleged uh, players from throughout the league that are being told this by either former Sox players or current players of like, hey, yeah, things are rough here in Chicago, and those players from other teams are leaking it to Nightingale? Um, I, I don't know. But, you know, if you've been watching this team this year closely, and you know I have, and I'm sure you have as well, as a loyal listener and diehard Sox fan, as I'm sure all of you are, something's off. Something is is very off. It, it's just, it's like a recipe, uh, you know, and you're, you're tasting it and you're like, I'm, this is missing something. I can't put my finger on exactly what is missing, but things are just, they don't look like they're having fun. Ozzie Guillen was talking about it in the post game. Um, you saw it with that, that announcement of Tim Anderson to the All-Star game that was on uh, the Sox website, you know, quiet, you know, crickets, no, nobody celebrating, nobody cheering. It, it just, it seems like they're worn out. The pressures uh, and the fact that they're not performing, they, they can't answer the question anymore. And it's gotten to them. It, it's really sad. And it's not the way we wanted this, this week to start. And, and it begins with Lance Lynn. What is wrong with Lance Lynn? And why didn't he get taken out earlier? Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Uh, but stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when, you're got, when you've got a craving you need to satisfy your sweet tooth or if you need a quick, healthy snack. They are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow, Stop fantasizing. Get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. Okay, the, the, the socks, uh, you know, they really didn't have a chance. Uh, and, and it starts with, with pitching, really, in, in a lot of ways. Lance Lynn, boy, this was his sixth outing of the season, and it it went wrong from the beginning. First inning, he is getting nickeled and dimed. Uh, you know, the Guardians didn't really hit uh, anything terribly hard. Um, it's just a couple seeing eye singles. Something went off a of Lynn. Um, you know, he was struggling with command. 
And, and you, before you know it, he gave up five runs and threw 39 pitches in the first inning. And again, nothing was hit uh, too hard. Um, that, that just, you knew this is how the day was going to go. And that was so frustrating watching that is it's the first inning of the first game of a very critical week. And this is how it's going uh, already in a five, nothing hole. Uh, just a terrible outing for Lynn. Uh, I think he was left in a little too long. However, you've got a doubleheader on Tuesday, you know, and they had to make a decision here of at that point, you're like, do I, does he have to eat it for a couple innings here, you know, so I can save some arms for Tuesday? Um, I don't know. Larusa in the post game, you know, made it sound like he liked what he saw from Lynn in the previous inning and, you know, he he just needed to he needed to get more out of him because of the situation that the Sox have with so many games in short amount of time. But he did not have it. Lance Lynn did not have it. And, uh, you know, I, if you don't have a doubleheader on Tuesday, you're not letting him go out uh, for that fourth inning. You might just give him three innings, which is crazy to think. Uh, Lance Lynn's final line, four innings pitched. Nine hits, eight earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Lance Lynn's ERA right now is 6.97. He threw 100 pitches uh, Monday. You know, he's only got fastballs, really, and and they're just variations. He's got the cutter, and, you know, depending on what he can have the ball do, if it's, you know, dipping into the zone or out of the zone, it was not fooling uh, Cleveland at all. And and the, the... they were they were hitting him pretty good and they were hitting him up the middle. You know, it's almost like they they had a game plan. You know, they had a pretty nice scouting report. Um, they watched the video and and they saw some spinners in the middle and they drove them. You know, they hit him hard. This was Lance Lynn after the game. A quote from him: No surprise on this. Uh, he said, "You are looking." Uh, uh, at two games tomorrow, meaning uh, the Tuesday doubleheaders, uh, to be honest with you, I have to get through six today, and I let the team down. Uh, he went on to say a bunch of other stuff with some colorful language, as he is known to do. Uh, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Uh, he, I'm sure, is extremely frustrated. And, you know, the last part of that quote, I let the team down, you have heard that uh, from guys like Giolito. Uh, and Cease and even Kopech, when they do not go long enough in their start, they know what that means. Uh, it starts with pitching. And if you're not able to set your team up for success and they've got a battle back, which the Sox did, and we'll, we'll talk about it, um, you, you know, you're it's such a disadvantage. And I, I don't know about you, but I need more from Lance Lynn now. I mean, he's got six starts now. I don't know if the knee's still bothering him, if there's some health issues but he does not look at all right. Um, I, I'm wondering if it's still going to take a little bit more time, but uh, I'm very concerned. His last two starts now have not been good. I think in two starts, it combined 11 uh, earned runs. That is not good. That's not what you want from a guy that we relied on so heavily in 2021. Um, so the problem with Lance Lynn only going four innings, it's the obvious. It's you're forcing the bullpen to log seemingly unexpected innings with a ton of baseball uh, this week. Um, There was some defense issues, you know, relay throws with the White Sox. uh, I'm sure you have noticed this. This has been an issue 
uh, for the White Sox. I don't know if this is a Joe McEwing thing or Daryl Boston, whoever's working on uh, this with these guys. That should have been figured out um, back in spring training. Lance Lynn's not backing up uh, Sebi Zavala. A relay throw came in uh, to Sebi. I think it was thrown by Lurie Garcia, and it was a very tough bounce. Now, if Lurie would have give, given him um, a, a better bounce to catch it, you know, I understand, but still, at least get it in front of you. I know he was trying to do a snap tag, but catch the ball. Catch the ball with your actual mitt and tag that guy out that's trying to score. I mean, there was another run there uh, that was problematic. Sachs went to the bullpen uh, early, of course, with Foster, uh, Kelly, and Banks. Their only lefty, he threw two innings. Now, so what does that mean for Tuesday? You know, is he going to be able to get out there? It was only two innings, but you never know. A um, lot of decisions, a lot of decisions for the White Sox uh, and how they're going to utilize things on Tuesday. So you're probably saying to yourself, if you didn't watch the game and you're looking at those eight runs by the Guardians, Wow, Ramirez or Naylor, they must have had big games, right? Jose Ramirez was 0 for 4 on Monday night with a strikeout, and Naylor was 1 for 4. Uh, again, almost like to the Minnesota series where Buxton didn't hurt us, it was these other guys that were getting in that we just weren't paying attention to, maybe taking them for uh, you know granted and, and not pitching them diff- in, in a difficult way, in a purposeful way, uh, and they beat us as they should. Uh, Guardians, you know, they're a, they're a pesky team hustling down the line on every infield hit. Uh, Cleveland, they see a lot of pitches too compared to our White Sox, which isn't hard to do. Um, you know, they just seemed like they were well coached, that they had a plan. Um, and they, they showed some spray charts as you saw if you were watching the game. A lot of up the middle stuff. Like they had a plan of what they wanted to do against our pitchers. Um, you know, if the Sox, White Sox couldn't get it done against Cal, Quantrill, what do you think the chances are that they are able to uh, get things going against Shane Bieber? Huh? Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business doing, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com not a lot of offense at all for our Chicago White Sox on Monday. Uh, there was some two-out offense, though, uh, from the Sox in the third. This was really the big inning. Uh, Garcia with a hit, uh, Tim Anderson getting involved, and then Yoan Mankata with a three-run home run. Uh, this made it 5-3 to three, uh, at that point, and the Sox eventually got another run uh, in the fourth, Pollock with an RBI single. They the Sox did not quit early. You know they were down five nothing quickly, and they ended up uh, cl- clawing back and made it five to four. 
And I think that was another thing that was so frustrating that Lance could just not nail it down. Uh, Sox had four runs, uh, six hits after uh, six innings. And then something happened in the seventh uh, that was typical 2022 White Sox. So Sox finally chased uh, Cal Quantrill in the seventh inning. Sox put on the first two, uh, A.J. Pollock with a leadoff double, then Garcia with a base hit. So you got runners at the corners with nobody out. Guardians bring in a relief pitcher. And Sebi Zavala goes after the first pitch he sees from this relief pitcher and pops up to the second baseman. And then Tim Anderson hits into a double play and they're out of the inning. I mean, you know, I get it. If you've got, you know, a mentality here of, uh, you know, I'm going to jump on a pitch, but you're down. Sacks are losing at that point. You know, maybe take a pitch. You got a reliever in here, see what he's got. Um, they they sack swing at so many pitches, first pitch, bad pitches. They do not, they do not work counts. Uh, and it, it was shown, I mean, Cleveland like put on a masterclass on Monday of how to work counts, uh, sacks final line offensively four runs, uh, and they came in the third and fourth inning, uh, eight hits total one walk. There you go. Not, not, uh, not taking counts, not taking pitches. Uh, six strikeouts, two extra base hits, and the Sox were three for seven with runners in scoring position. And again, aside from Mancata's blast, there was nothing going on. Uh, Scotty Pods mentioned it in the post game. Sox were down four in the ninth, and they saw six pitches. And I know it was a difficult reliever, and if you get something from him that you think you can handle, but you know, I feel like high school for sure, maybe earlier, if you're down in your last at bat, you're taking until you see a strike. You're taking pitches in an at bat until you see a strike and then you're going to work. That is not at all how the Sacks approached it on Monday. Um, you know, Gian, Gian talking about a lot of different things in the post game. And, you know, he gets me riled up. I like it. You know, it's a lot of rah rah stuff. It's a lot of, uh, it's stuff we want to hear as Sox fans because how 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 flatline it is. Um, you know, he's talking about not not thinking that there's any fun going on. Like, where's the excitement? You know, Gian obviously would handle it a completely different way, and I think he's trying to be respectful to to Tony Larusa, but he would handle it in a in a much different way. He's also talking about you know all this importance being put on hitting the ball hard. And in the end, it's what's the result? And I think he's trying to, you know, kind of galvanize a point of Cleveland Guardians. They did not hit the ball very hard in the first inning, you know, but they ended up putting up five runs. So it's not necessarily maybe how hard you hit it, but where do you hit it and what what can you do with it? Uh, on Tuesday, the Sox can hopefully make up for some things. It's a doubleheader. You got Davis Martin uh, going and Dylan Cease going. Martin has got the first game. Shane Bieber will go for the Cleveland Guardians in the first game. That is going to be tough for our White Sox. Shane Bieber has a 6-2 and two record with an ERA of 2.48 and 102 strikeouts in 13 appearances against the White Sox in his career. Uh, Bieber pitched against the Sox in late April of this year. He went six innings gave up only one earned run. He is going to be tough, but 
It's a new day and you can't wait. You got to put it all out on the line on Tuesday. I know it's going to be difficult. I know Tim Anderson's probably not going to play in both games. There are going to be other guys that might be getting a breather, but you have got to put up an effort at least. Put in a competitive effort in these two games and see what happens. You never know. It might go your way. Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap all the happenings from the Tuesday doubleheader and hopefully, hopefully talking about a sweep by our White Sox. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.